0: Shut up and sit down. Okay, here we go. Um, Finally. We got it up. Got it going. This has taken a long time to make this happen.
1: It'll be worth it.
0: I hope so. It's all worth it. So for anybody that is listening, maybe the two, three... People that are out there, you thought I was going to say 100, didn't you? Thousand. Thousands? No, two or three people, I'm pretty sure. It's like uh, my wife, your family, and that's probably all that are going to listen to this. Probably. Anyways, I'm Dustin. I'm Eric. Uh, we are photographers. Yes. And we've been wanting to do a little podcast uh, thing for a while to kind of talk about photography and what inspires us, why we love what we love, and uh, why it's the most amazing job in the world to get to do this for a living. Um, we're going to call this the Pixel Collective. Sounds, to,
1: sounds good to me. Yeah, I
0: had to kind of think of some something catchy to uh, call this, and the photography podcast was taken, so... Yeah. <laughs> we had to get a little creative. Um, but the whole point of this for me is just to kind of share with other photographers and people that want to be photographers, uh, just kind of my, our experiences uh, with what we've learned over the years and what we do and what we want to learn. And I'd love for this to kind of become a space to where we can all help each other get better. So we plan on having some guests and some different insight from different types of photographers, from portrait and photographers to landscape and wedding photographers and anything and everything in between so uh thanks for joining us we hope you enjoy this it's kind of gonna be us rambling a little bit as we kind of find our footing here
1: yeah so just bear with us this is the uh, pilot episode the pilot
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh we're hoping we're not going to be canceled after one episode so uh a little bit about me uh my name is dustin baker i am a wedding photographer in texas um my studio is called Lone Oak Studios, and we specialize in weddings and the stuff that goes along with it, you know, engagement portraits, bridal portraits, uh, things like that. We do a few other little things here and there, but that's our main, uh, our main business is weddings. Uh, I've been doing this since, uh, oh, September 2012, I shot my first wedding, so almost five years ago. Um, January 1st, 2017, I left my day job. Uh, to do this full time, uh, I worked in the insurance business for thirteen years, and oh man, that was like soul crushingly boring <laughs> <laughs> uh and I get to do this now for a living uh for example, it's Friday at about one pm and i'm not at a job i'm sitting in my studio in my backyard uh recording a Goofy podcast. So that's a pretty cool <laughs> little <laughs> little job. So, Eric, tell, tell us about yourself. Uh,
1: my name's Eric Alanis. I'm uh, primarily a wedding photographer. Done uh, some conceptual work in the past, portrait photography too. But um, you can find me at uh, Back to Life Photography on Facebook or check out my website at www.backtolifeproductions.com. Um, been doing photography for... I don't know, four years, uh, started like in 2013, my, um, I was uh, working for uh, Blockbuster for like seven years, you guys probably remember that, I think, if you're old enough, <laughs> but <laughs> man,
0: how many Friday evenings did I spend with my wife when we were dating, Scroll, you know, <laughs> strolling, <laughs> s- scrolling, strolling through Blockbuster, trying to find a movie.
1: We were usually out of all the good stuff. Yeah, you were. (laughs) Man,
0: Redbox kicked y'all's ass.
1: (laughs) Pretty much, man. Uh, But, uh, yeah, they put us out of business. I worked at the very last one to the very end and um, to the very last day. And I was on unemployment for, like, three months, three and a half months. And uh, had a camera and really enjoyed doing photography and decided to go uh, full-time. And had uh, my fiancé support me the whole way through. So now I'm here. And uh, I would say... uh, I've had uh, some mild success here uh, yeah in town so so far so good.
0: Well um what what do you think is is your goal going forward in this business? Do do you see yourself doing this forever?
1: I don't know. As a wedding photographer? I don't know. I sometimes feel that way. Uh you know, I love doing what I do. I couldn't imagine having a boss again. That would suck. Um but sometimes being your own boss can be kind of overwhelming. Uh, a lot of the things and uh the go into being, you know, doing wedding photography is kind of can be overwhelming. But um every time I feel like giving up, I'm like, yeah, I don't want a boss again. But you <laughs> know, the,
0: being your own boss is a pretty amazing thing. Um but there's a lot of responsibility that goes yeah. along with it. I mean, I have a family. I've got a wife and two kids. Um when I left my day job, I not only left a decent salary, but I left um Pretty good benefits, health benefits, and uh, a guaranteed income every month. Uh, So now I have to take care of those things. Uh, We don't eat if I don't book weddings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't get to pay for my children's health care, health insurance, if we don't book weddings. So you, you think that you get to work... You, you don't have to work as hard when you work for yourself but that is absolutely not true it's the complete opposite you have to work yeah, harder
1: that's the truth um
0: yeah maybe I get to sleep in a few more days out of the week um, but I work a lot later used to when I was working at the day job five o'clock man I wouldn't let the door hit me in the butt in the way out I was out the door at five o'clock I'm still out in my studio sometimes till six seven in the evening and during the week and then on weekends I'm shooting weddings all day on Saturday. And yeah. so, I mean, it. I put in more hours in this job than I did working my day job. But the difference is I'm passionate about this. I have fun doing this.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Uh, when
0: I shot my first wedding almost five years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. I had a couple call me because they'd seen some landscape photography that I had done, which is what got me into photography in the first place. And they said, we want you to shoot our wedding. And I said, Ex- what? No, no, you don't. They said, "Yeah, we love your your pictures." I'm like, "You realize I've never, I don't think I've even ever been to a wedding. <laughs> Why do you want me to shoot your wedding?" And they said, "Oh, well, well, we trust you." And so they wanted a quote, and I had no idea what wedding photography cost. Or I, I pulled a number out of my rear end that I had no idea, and they bid on it, and I was like, "Wow, I can make some money doing this." And I, but that didn't even matter once I got there because I had so much fun. I had a blast. And I, I left there on such a high, and I was like, this is what I got to do. This is this is my calling.
1: You see, I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum there. I, um, When I decided to do photography, I, you know, first thing I did was Google, you know, how to make money doing photography. <laughs> and uh, the <laughs> first thing I saw everywhere was like, weddings, weddings. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to get into this wedding business. Um, so from that day uh, forward, I have spent, um, you know, every – hour of my time devoted to learning about the wedding industry learning you know techniques and uh, what you know what i need to know about wedding photography um so i never really got into landscape or anything like that uh just been wedding photography since the beginning but um it's like some people say if you can shoot a wedding you can really shoot anything because in wedding photography we got to shoot portraits and group portraits uh product photography and stuff like that you know it
0: is you you do have to have a wide range of skills and I think doing weddings certainly can prepare you to do other things as well. Yeah.
1: But I, um, I, my, my first couple of weddings, I was like, did not leave on a high. I was kind of like, Oh man, I don't know if I could, if I could do this, but I had, I had never even really been to a wedding either. I was like, uh, had no idea. But, um, luckily I kind of learned under, um, another company here in town and kind of showed me the way. But, uh, Little by little, my my love for uh, doing this kind of stuff uh, increased, and now I love what I do. And um, you know, I love the fact that we capture moments for for people like timeless moments, and that they're most likely gonna you know, these images are gonna hang over their fireplace or something, you know. And when you get those phone calls of brides like, oh my god, I cried when I opened my gallery. Thank you so much. I mean, that just makes it all worth it. Absolutely, know? absolutely, man. That is.
0: Uh, I have to admit you know when I send a gallery off to, to a client after their wedding I usually am sitting here on pins and needles waiting for a reply like oh did they like it did they like it oh please like it please like it you know because it's it's like even though I've been doing this for for almost five years and I've shot over 100 weddings I I kind of'm I'm, I'm my own worst critic. And when I send a gallery off, I, I'm almost second guessing myself. Like, oh, did I did I oh, nail yeah. it? Or mm-hmm. you know, and I need I feel like I want that validation, which is, is stupid because uh, it doesn't. You know, yeah, you want your clients to be happy, but how often have you had unhappy clients? Not very, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't still be in business. But I still I still wait. Like, oh, and then if you don't hear anything. You wonder, oh, is there a problem? But it's it's, it truly is the opposite. If there was a problem, you'd hear. Yeah, you know. So if you don't hear, just everything's probably good. Our industry
1: (laughs) works just the same as all the all the other industries that you never really get feedback unless it's negative most of the time. Yeah, that's true. Because people like when they're very happy, you know. Sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, thank you so much," you know. But a lot of times, it's they they see the images and I think they want it right away. Get them on Facebook, show their friends and family. And if you visit their Facebooks, a lot of time, you know. Oh, I love my photos, this and that. And uh, for me, in my experience, it's uh, every so often they will, you know, message me back. uh, Hey, Eric, thank you so much for everything you did or whatever. Um, But uh, I just think that uh, the times that you do get replies, you know, when I get replies, I'm like, oh, hopefully this isn't bad. Because it's like the only times you hear stuff, it's like, oh. People notice the bad things, but sometimes they don't want to notice the good things. uh,
0: One example of this was recently I, I shot a wedding um down here uh where the bride said oh we were and it was kind of a last minute booking I just happened to be one wedding or one weekend during the summer that I was still available and they called and I, I went and did the wedding for them recently and at the wedding she said I can't I was so glad that you were still available when uh so-and-so a co-worker of hers referred her to me she didn't expect that I'd still be available and it worked out and I'm glad it did but she's She named somebody, which was a past client from a few years ago, that I never heard anything from. And I I, I was kind of worried, well, maybe they weren't happy. Apparently they were. If she said, you have to call Lone Oak Studios for your wedding, if she referred them to me, then I guess they were happy. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, You you, kind of fear the worst when you don't hear anything for that validation. But I'm I'm trying to train myself to think otherwise. I ran into
1: a... um uh, a bride's mom the other day at the store. And, um, you know, you shoot all these weddings all the time. And you meet so many people. Sometimes you see people when you're out and about, and you're like, how do I know that person? You're like probably at a wedding. So we kind of had that connect, that eye connection for a second. And then I was like, uh, I just kind of waved and she goes, Eric. And I was like, yeah, she was like, Oh my God. She's like, um, we loved all the photos. And I was like, bingo. Okay. Yeah. So it was a wedding client. Yeah. And she's like, she almost like broke down in tears, uh, She's like, you know, we loved everything. You did an amazing job. Thank you so much for everything. You know, I I had yet to really hear any feedback from them, uh, so I, I was kind of, you know, skeptical. Like, man, I wonder, you know, how it went or if they liked everything. But so when I w- when I ran into her randomly, and I got the feedback there, I was like, okay, awesome. You know, like, well,
0: then you had that validation, and then yeah. you left that store on a high.
1: Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and it just
0: made your day, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, um. So that's kind of the why we shoot photography or shoot weddings uh in in our photography lives. But how do you shoot your weddings? Um I'm sure people that listen are probably just as uh interested in gear as we are. Uh, I know both of us are kind of gear uh, gearheads. Yeah. Um me probably more than you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh what what do you shoot with? How do you shoot your weddings?
1: I've shot Nikon um since the beginning I actually started on a crop sensor uh, d 7000 and um, eventually moved up to a d800 then d750 and then I went to d750 with the d800 and now I'm uh, re I'm, I'm getting into the Fuji game so now I'm a d750 with the X pro 2 Fuji x Pro 2 I shoot two bodies with two lenses uh, mostly the 85 for my telephoto and then a um, uh, what do I use a thirty-five equivalent on the Fuji right now for uh, for my wide angle, but um, I'm I'm losing faith in Nikon though you know uh, despite you know I started with them I've been with them for forever I have Nikon tattooed on my arm actually yeah you know? yeah so uh, you know it goes to show like uh, if they don't do something quick like you know well I think I'm I've already made the decision to leave so I think that's not going to be
0: yeah you're you're kind of a couple months behind me in this process and. Um... I have uh, been pretty open about my changes for my gear. Um, it's it's constantly my constantly evolving kit. Uh, I have dabbled with Fuji over the last two three years and absolutely love Fujifilm. Um, but for whatever reason, I haven't been able to quite get there for my for wedding work. Um, other than just supplementing some Fuji Film with my DSLR kit. Um, but I still love the Fuji Fuji uh, brand and what they're doing. Uh, but a couple of months ago, uh, in an effort to try to minimalize my gear, I just had too much stuff. Every time I'd go to a wedding or to a shoot, I would open up my bag and I would just have too many options. I had a full Nikon kit. I had a full Fuji kit. And I had this... What I call decision fatigue, where I was trying to too hard to think about what well, am I going to shoot with instead the, of just
1: the Leica too, didn't you? Uh,
0: I did have a Leica Q at one time a couple of years ago, which I loved, but then I just couldn't justify having that expensive yeah. of a camera sitting there, you know. This, so that yeah, I do. One day I'll have a Leica M. I will. That's like my goal
1: <laughs> for like three months, and then you'll for like three months, and then I'll <laughs> feel guilty
0: about have, spending that much money on a camera, right? But uh, so I was, you know, looking at all these. Uh, cameras and lenses and just having too much trouble deciding what to shoot with, instead of it just being an automatic, where, oh, I have a shoot, pick up the camera and shoot. I was too concerned about the equipment and not as con- not as concerned as I needed to be about the art and the actual job I was doing. So I made the decision to minimize and simplify. Uh, part of that process was... Uh, I decided to leave Nikon just because of so many issues with the recalls of the D750, and don't even get me started on the D750. And you started I hate that with camera.
1: Nikon, right? Or I did. You started with no. Canon. I started with
0: Nikon, and then when I went full frame, I went to a 5D Mark II, and then within a year, I ended up going back to Nikon just because the focus system was better at the time, and probably is in some ways still. But I decided to leave Nikon. I and I'm a Nikon Professional Services member. Um, but I just was so put out by their service department and the issues I had with that, and I just felt like Nikon was being left in the dust with innovation and technology. Fuji and Sony and Canon and probably Panasonic and Leica and Olympus, <laughs> and Olympus are mm. all kicking Nikon's butt mm-hmm. in the innovation department, in my opinion. So even as a Nikon fan like I was... I was ready to move on, uh, so I sold off my Nikon gear and I went to over to Canon and got a couple of five D Mark IVs, and a thirty five and an eighty five. Uh, ended up not keeping the eighty five because the eighty five Art Sigma lens was just so heavy and it's big. It's a tank. It was a tank, and so I went with an, a one thirty five. And so I've now got a minimal Canon kit. I've also decided to pare down my Fujifilm kit. Uh, while I love the X Pro two, it's an outstanding camera. I'm just not using it enough, so I've decided to sell my Fuji kit. That uh, hurt,
1: that hurts my heart. I know,
0: makes I know. Me sad. But you bought my 50f two, so that yep, makes sure. your heart happy. <laughs> uh, so, but what I think I'm going to do is just keep the uh, X100F, uh, which I think is almost like a little Leica. It is such a cool camera. Oh, it's camera. an amazing camera. Uh, so that'll be my my that'll give me my my Fuji fix when I need it, and it, I think that'll help me to document my family. Uh, More because I'm terrible about that. You're great at that. You document your family, you have your camera everywhere you go. I am terrible about it. Like going anywhere or even hanging out in my backyard, I don't even have my camera on me and I hate that. So I've got to fix that.
1: Yeah, it wasn't really until I I started going with Fuji and is when I started uh, documenting like my own life because, um, you know, the DSLRs, Nikons and stuff were just way too big, you know, and they became work tools. It's like, it's like, um, you know, a plumber doesn't touch his wrench or his tools, you know, when he's not at work. You know, it's probably the last thing he wants to see. It's kind of how my cameras became until I picked up a Fuji X-70. It was just so small that I could really just take it anywhere. And I noticed that I just started documenting. It makes kids. it easier. Yeah. It just went yeah. right in my pocket. And then um, and then I eventually got the the F. And that, you know, that was a little bit bigger, but I was still able to bring it out, you know, pretty much everywhere. You get amazing quality, you know, amazing quality with such a small package. Uh, but I ended up selling my F to get the uh, X-Pro2, which is a great decision. I still have the X-72. Yeah. So,
0: well, uh, you're doing some cool stuff with uh, some, some adapted lenses.
1: Oh, yeah. I've been using that uh, Helios that you... Uh, you you're letting me borrow the F- yeah that old Russian lens F2. yeah
0: it's it's kind of uh, a cool cool thing to be definitely able to definitely
1: add some character. There is
0: a uh, a guy um, that is a Fuji. Uh, ambassador, and does a lot of Fuji review stuff. And I, I I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's either Jonas or Jonas Ras. Oh, yeah, I ran
1: into his, his um, He
0: He does some amazing stuff, and he's got a couple of articles on his site about uh, using vintage glass on the X-Pro 2 series, and it will blow your mind. Yeah, it's no, I ran amazing. into it. It's uh-huh. amazing. It's super cool to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And being able to use an EVF. Oh, yeah. The electronic viewfinder makes manual focusing so easy. Uh, definitely. So you know we're talking about Nikon and the trouble that they're in and here just last week or 2 weeks ago they announced another recall for the D750.
1: Yeah, I own the D750 and, and I only had it like a couple of months before my shutter just completely locked up on me. Uh I had purchased uh, insurance through the um retailer and uh they ended up fixing the issue for me really quickly, but I think that that's the uh the recall they have now because um uh I don't. That's what happened to the camera. Just the shutter just locked. It wouldn't come down. And I, I hate that
0: camera. I have owned three of them over the years, and I've hated it from the beginning. And it's not just the build quality. It's something about are the images that come out of it
1: good? I love. Yes, it. I love the it. files
0: are fantastic, but the mechanics of the camera, the build quality of the camera, feels like a piece of junk. Yeah, it feels like a plastic toy that's going to break. And guess what? It breaks. Uh, I just had so much trouble with it that I just wanted to throw it against the wall. And that led to a lot of my frustration with Nikon and leaving them. But Nikon's in trouble. And I read, and I don't know how true this is, but I read a thing online a couple weeks ago that they are financially in trouble and that the the Japanese government has even approached Fujifilm to possibly
1: bail out or help
0: dig them out of their hole why would fuji do that i mean is this one of those too big to fail things like the american government back 10 years ago uh, bailing out the car industry i mean if they're going to fail if they're getting left in the dust on innovation and putting out new technology then let them fall into the dust other yeah. camera manufacturers are going to pick up the i have already picked up the slack and they're going to give us what, what photographers need and want but it drives me crazy but nikon just this week Uh, Release some kind of statement that's basically saying that they're working on a full-frame mirrorless. Is that what it's going to take for Nikon to get their mojo back? Because, I'm sorry, every single time that Sony comes out with a new camera or Fuji comes out with something, they are wiping the floor with Nikon. The innovation, the technology in the Sony cameras and the Fuji cameras, and
1: Canon even, I think, they're blowing them away. I
0: mean, what... Well, you know what I, is it going to take for Nikon to
1: I don't think anyone else could really say it better than you because you've actually owned the uh, Nikon D5 and yeah. a lot of a lot of the other Nikon bodies, you know what I mean, so you you know, you've used it. And don't get and- me wrong,
0: Nikon makes has always made good stuff. Uh, the D5 amazing camera. Uh, did I need a that expensive of a camera? No. That's why I another reason why I simplified. But they make some great equipment, but they've also made some mistakes. Um having three or four cameras that can do what one camera on the Canon side can do irritated me. Um, but is, is it, mirror? I, I think mirrorless is the future and yeah. I love, I love mirrorless uh, because it's so, it's so cool. It's so refreshing to be able to carry around a small camera and do a job. Oh yeah. Uh, the Sony a nine that just came out, I have not gotten to use one yet, but from everything I've read and heard and seen that camera just, is so full of innovation.
1: It's like a little computer. I well, that's like. the...
0: You know, I I don't like shooting with Sony cameras just because of the ergonomics, and it feels like you're shooting a computer rather than a camera, but you can't deny the quality. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. The,
0: the images that are coming out of them, people that use Sony love it.
1: I think it, it, with Sony, it comes down to the the ergonomics. Either you're going to like it or you're not. Yeah, and yes,
0: you can set up a Sony you know, A7 or A9 you know a or whatever, you can set those up any way you want. There are so many custom function buttons. You can make it work how you want it to work. Uh, but it just never worked for me. But you can't deny what they're doing yeah. is industry leading.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like uh, Sony is one of the ones that really started nudging Nikon off the cliff because <laughs> it used to be Nikon, Canon, Nikon, Canon. Now it's uh, Canon, Sony, Nikon, you know? Yeah,
0: like- and, and the thing is, where does Nikon get their sensors from? Sony. Sony makes their sensors. So you'd think that Nikon would be able to step it up. Um, part of uh, that, that statement about them doing a mirrorless, they said some, a quote about... Uh, uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. I, I saved it. Uh, but it was a quote about their mirrorless system and it says while the while details are confidential we can say that we are currently developing new mirrorless products that build upon Nikon's strengths and offer the performance perspective customers expect including the ultimate optics performance image processing technologies strength and durability and operation i mean that's that's a quote from executives at Nikon i mean if i'm reading between the lines that's basically saying uh, we realize that Sony is kicking our ass with everything they come out so um, we need to step up our game. yeah <laughs> that's what yeah, that says to
1: much. me. <laughs> but it's kind of like like I told you the other day it's um you like in my years when I worked with Blockbuster, uh, I mean we were you know, I think Hollywood video closed and we were still o- open doing amazing uh, but as soon as uh Netflix came out like I feel um I think from what I remember Blockbuster had the opportunity to buy Netflix and, they kind of just let it pass them by, you know, not thinking, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, we're, we're doing fine. Well, they didn't hop on the bandwagon. Next, you know, Netflix is putting us out of business. You know what I mean? And it was a little bit too late. Blockbuster tried to do like Blockbuster online. They tried to do Blockbuster streaming, but it was just too late at the time, you know. Uh, so now Blockbuster doesn't really exist. Uh, and I feel it's the same way that Nikon might be a little dollar too late. You know, You know,
0: I I hope Nikon survives. If Nikon were to come out with the latest and greatest and industry-leading game-changing system...
1: A DF mirrorless would be pretty sweet. Oh, that'd be cool,
0: yeah. But, I mean, if they were to come out with something that was industry-leading, some kind of (laughs) game-changer, then I think they could get back on board. Well, they you need know, to back do on, on on all the things on track. That
1: these other uh, camera companies are doing. They need to. Uh, when when I sh- you showed me the, the Canon Live View, the way you shot through there, that was amazing. Uh, every time I've ever shot through um, Nikon's Live View, it's like click, chink, chink.
0: it's like, and then the image. Yeah, it's so I, I am blown away with. I like to shoot Live View, and I don't care what people say. People think, oh, Live View is not for professionals. Whatever. I'm yeah, pretty sure what makes you a professional is the quality you live deliver. V's, so
1: uh, becoming more. I love I shooting
0: in live view. And that's the nice thing about Fuji and mirrorless. Live view is so fast and responsive. The live view on my Canon 5D Mark IV is awesome. So I, I can go and shoot an engagement session in live view, and I'm able to keep the camera away from my face and keep eye contact with my clients. It, I think it creates that connection more than having the camera blocking your face. And. It's just so fast and responsive. It's great.
1: Yeah, definitely. But um, Nikon needs to, to to get these things that are the other brands that are doing and, and start putting them in their cameras, you know? It's, like, uh, just uh, frustrating, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Especially for people who have, like, a whole range of Nikon lenses and stuff. Luckily for me, like, I've never been one to have, like, a crap ton of lenses. Literally the last, like, three years... I've shot my weddings with two lenses, an 85 and a 2818. And um, so jump and ship isn't going to be that big of a deal. Uh, for me, at one point in time, I had a 70 and 200 and then a 24-70, but I, I was more of a prime guy. But uh, um, some people have like, you know, all kinds of Nikon lenses. And, you know, I'm sure that they're feeling just as frustrated as everyone else. And jump and ship for them is going to be a little bit more complicated. About. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah. I, but, you know, it's just, I'm, I, I'm hopeful that Nikon. Can get back in the game because yeah. I think the industry needs them. They- I mean,
1: if they if they put out a kick-ass mirrorless uh, camera that looks like a, the DF, I will surely stay aboard. You know, like, if it works, if it works, and doesn't work every two months, and that man, right. that's the thing. You know, I get it. All camera companies uh, and all cameras that release, they have uh, issues, and sometimes they'll have um, recalls and stuff like that. Uh, but the 750 is just uh, ridiculous. It was it seemed like uh, nonstop that that camera was having uh, problems. And the last thing you want is to be sh- shooting a paid event or a pay- any kind of paid session and then having your, your camera lock up or not work on it. That's you, you unacceptable.
0: It's, that's a n- complete non-starter. I mean, you have to be able to rely on your equipment. And that's why you have to have backups. But you want yeah. backups at work, too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I did see uh, something this morning on one of the Nikon rumors or something like that about Nikon a recent patent application for a new 35 millimeter F2 lens for a n- small mirrorless camera hmm. with a curved sensor. Hmm. Like the sensor was not a flat plane. Like it's curved uh, towards, you know, the, 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 back of the camera. So it's like a concave kind yeah, of Yeah. So I wonder shape. if that would
1: allow more light.
0: To I don't know. To it or something. I, I don't know if that's just a way to fit a large full frame sensor in a smaller camera oh, yeah. with smaller optics. That might be kind of cool because that's one of the knocks I have against Sony. Is yeah, we have small cameras, but you know what? Your lenses are just yeah. as big as a DSLR lens, so yeah, what's the point? It makes no sense. So if Nikon's coming out with some kind of innovation to make full-frame sensors in a small mirrorless body with smaller glass, like Leica so can then do,
1: they would probably have to change the mount. I, think?
0: I yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, I mean they've had the same. Mount I mean Sony has a different rubber? mount for their
0: mirrorless system than they do from their. DSLRs, yeah, they have their Alpha, their A mount and then an E mount. So yeah. why not have a different mount for mirrorless? You know, you're gonna, if you're going to come out with smaller glass, then
1: why well, not? It looks like the Fuji, the GFX. You know, they have their own mount, don't they?
0: Well, uh, yeah. Well, it's for a much larger lens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, much larger camera uh, sensor. sensor. Yeah. So, well, hopefully they can do that. Um, going forward with this thing, uh, we'd we'd love to hear your feedback. Um, if you have any ideas of stuff you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you'd like to come talk with us about anything, let us know. I think we're going to create a Facebook page Yeah, uh, for the Pixel Collective, and uh, we'd love, love to hear from you. Uh, one last thing here. Uh, I kind of saw a, a quote uh, yesterday as I was doing some reading, and I thought it was really interesting. And, I, and it made me stop and think about what we do. And the quote was by uh, Robert Frank. I don't know who he is. I apologize. I need to Google him. I guess he was a photographer. Uh, And the quote was, uh, there is one thing the photograph must contain, the humanity of the moment. And I found that interesting uh, because I think that that can be applied to photography no matter what type of photography it is, whether it's weddings, portraits, uh, obviously people in the frame creates some humanity. But I think it could be applied to any kind of photography, even product photography or landscapes or scenic stuff. I, you know, I think that was interesting and it kind of made me think, how can I apply that philosophy to my work? Uh, regardless think, of what type of photography I'm doing.
1: I think that kind of uh that scene right there is what separates a, a snapshot from a photograph. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Cause you can shoot a wedding and just take snaps all day long. Uh, there's a difference between waiting for that moment where the bride walks down the aisle and, and hugs her grandma you know, f- for the first time as a married woman and, you know, maybe a tear coming down or, you know, those moments are, I think, you know. Yeah. Now see, something humanity. like
0: that is obvious humanity. But I think there can be more uh, subtle humanity as well. Uh, and maybe I'm just getting a little too weird with my, the way my brain works. But I mean, I can even see this working for a, a photograph without a person in it. I mean, because th- yeah, the humanity see doesn't just necessarily have to be what's the subject in the in the in the frame, but the humanity of the photographer, and what that photographer is experiencing or feeling that makes them want to capture a moment, whether it's a moment, uh, you know, looking over a, a a scenic mountain range, or if it's a moment at a wedding where the yeah. bride has a tear rolling down her cheek and the groom gently brushes it away during the ceremony. I think that that was I thought it was interesting um, in to the, think about the humanity of why
1: in the same way you though, want to capture I, a photograph. I've taken some some photos where um, I didn't really put much thought behind it and uh, I was like hey that kind of looks cool snap and then later you know I get home and uh, importing and I'm like I look at it more and you know after the post processing or whatever and I end up coming out with this like amazing image and I'm like wow this ended up being like amazing and it's at that point where I see I guess the humanity, and maybe you didn't
0: realize it when you took it, yeah, but, but when it I struck it, you it afterwards yeah. that you did capture that humanity or that moment, that that feeling, that emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you. That's cool, definitely. Well, I mean, that I think that's something that I kind of want to focus on uh, here for the next I think uh, we next two shoots.
1: Take some lessons from Jared. You could probably help. Us oh out yeah, that. yeah. We got a we got that a real good the, friend, the master.
0: Uh, uh, uh jared jared lindsey photography if amazing. you're in north texas check him out he i've i don't think i've ever seen a better photojournalist.
1: it's amazing uh, the, the moments that he captures he doesn't
0: pose anything he just he just captures so much raw emotion and humanity check it out check out his work jared lindsey photography uh i think it may be jared yeah, uh, sorry so. jared if i messed that up we'd love to have you on sometime buddy you need <laughs> to make it down to south texas Uh, But, yeah, I think uh, if I kind of want to try to apply that to my to my photography going forward to always be mindful of the humanity in the frame, because I think that's the as Robert Frank says in this quote, it's the one thing that a photograph must contain the humanity of the moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, Food for thought. Deep thoughts. Think about that, everyone.
0: (laughs) Well, guys, uh, I think that's uh, a pretty good start for us. Uh, I think so, This yeah. was fun. All right. Let's do this more. I think yeah. we should do this every few weeks, every couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, uh, keep stay tuned, guys. Uh, we'll be uh, putting out some more information. Uh, we're going to create a Facebook page. We'd love for you guys to join us there.
1: Yeah, let us know uh, some topics you think we should cover, you know, uh, and um, some feedback, what can make it better. Yeah,
0: or if you, maybe if you have a guest that you'd like to hear, maybe we can see if we can get them, or if you want to be a guest, uh, give us a shout. All right, guys. Eric, yeah. I think uh, we're getting a phone call here. Look who that is! It's Jared. I'm getting a it's phone okay. call from Jared Lindsay Photography. <laughs> all right. Speak of the devil. You see? <laughs> wow. We're not even live. That's that's, uh, that's pretty creepy. That's kind of creepy. So, with that, <laughs> he's a creepy guy. We, <laughs> <I was joking. laughs> with that, we're we'll, we, we're gonna cut this off. So, all right. You guys have a good weekend. Uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. See you later. Later.